that Digital Society Podcast brings together leading journalists, politicos, and key policy influencers to explore the impact technological change is having in the UK and across the world. And it's hosted by Atos Senior Vice President for Strategy and Communications, Kulver cool Ranger. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Digital Society Podcast. My name's Kulver Ranger and I'm SVP for Marketing Communication Public Affairs for Atos. And I'm delighted, really proud in this edition to be joined by Alex Cunningham, MP. Alex, welcome. Oh, thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Now, look, Alex, you, you've been a, a parliamentarian now since 2010. Um, and, and, and to be honest, you've had quite the sort of role of shadow briefs. I think um, natural environment, housing, uh, pensions, and currently shadow minister for courts and sentencing. So built up a lot of experience in your time in parliament already. Well, that's right. And I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I never forget uh, what a tremendous privilege it is to be a member of parliament, to be sent here by the people. But uh, to have the opportunity to explore specific areas has, uh, has been very good for me. Uh, I enjoyed very much doing the environment brief. And at one point, uh, I was considered to be the minister for uh, furry animals uh, because that was under the remit. So I had fox hunting and things of that nature. But I also dealt with the floods of a few years ago. Uh, as a shadow minister, so uh, so that was great. I then moved on to uh, to pensions and helped develop some pensions policy, and as you say, uh, found my way uh, from there through to some housing and now uh, justice, where I'm trying to find ways of uh, helping people um, put an end to the tremendous delays within the court system. Yes, and and look. Uh, a, a minister and a shadow minister's brief is is always important and the time that it takes up. But I know you and all ministers never forget their actual constituency home. And for you, that's Stockton North. And we had the pleasure of being up there the other week with you um, as with Atos and Tech UK, we hosted a, a roundtable um, with a number of local organisations business organisations, higher education uh, organisations, uh, and even the Hartlepool Foundation Trust, North Tees and Hartlepool Foundation Trust and HS represented, as we discussed a bit around local issues for Stockton and particularly around a digital ecosystem. Now, what do we mean by that? For those who have listened in to either me or this podcast a few times, we, we at us have been looking at now for quite a while a programme called Innovating Up in which we're exploring how we can, as anchor employers, working with place-based organisations in areas that really want to develop a pipeline for digital skills, not just now, but for the future, what do we need to do to unlock that? What, what can we do to help that occur? And it's nicely married up with the government's levelling up agenda, which at a local level is, again, hugely important about enabling jobs, growth, in local place-based locations. Now, we know this is um, working cross-party. We know this agenda is important um, in various levels of government, so not just national, but local, metro mayors and, um, and uh, local councils. So we, we, we have this roundtable, and we're delighted that you, you are part of it um, to help listen and hear what local businesses were talking about. But what was your sort of initial takeaway from this and I know we're, we're going to do a bit of work on this with you 
but you, you were able to join us for a bit to hear a bit of what people are looking for as they try to unlock the barriers to creating a digital skills pipeline. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a very useful discussion. I know it was only there for about an hour or so, but, uh, you know, tremendous to, to see the people who were in the room there, as you said, across academia, across the health, across business as well. And, you know, all people who know the agenda, know the agenda that we need into the future. And I was quite fascinated, uh, you know, it's not directly digital, but the fact that people were making the point about, uh, you know, childcare being a major factor in ensuring that we can release parents uh, you know, to get into the uh, into digital roles, and uh, so that was very important to me. And I certainly, I certainly took that away. But the the central thing for me is the the fact that um, you know people are prepared to work together. I think uh, a lot of us we we got an idea of what that future can look like, and that means lots of jobs. Um, you know, a, a continual pipeline of people coming through college, university, and into the industry and developing new businesses as well. And for me, you know, the, the group that were in the room have got the tools to make those things happen. And that's the main, the main takeaway for me. We have the people locally, we have the skills and we have the will. You refer to Stockton on Teesborough Council and, uh, you know, it's a will do, can do, you try and stop us sort of council. Uh, and they're very keen to, to foster all relationships uh, in order to build, uh, you know, our digital future because it's got to be our future. Our days of building ships are well gone and, uh, you know, we now need, uh, you know, the modern an age uh, to come and visit us a bit more comprehensively. No, I think you, you, you're spot on and it was a really positive session and you're quite right you know we we with Tech UK have op opened the door to get people around the table we know that we're not always there we've got hundreds of people that we uh, employ uh, as a business in and around the area but we're not the people on the ground who are helping shape the locality the community you know and what can be done there we're not under the skin as they say we need people who really are and we'll be we'll be leaning in and that's what we're trying to facilitate but also there's a question of potential and again why we're working so closely and i say this with a tech uk board member hat on as well the local capital uh local digital capital index that tech uk published last year doing an analysis of you know what are the requirements what are what's the potential that different parts of the uk has for digital growth and digital skills and digital jobs ranked teesside as 26th out of 41 uk regions in terms of development of its tech ecosystem now you know some people might say that that's not very good you know 26 out of 41 but i think we all choose to look at it that there's a lot of potential there and i mean know, i agree i mean it is it is it is very much about the about the potential, and when you say you say twenty six in the league table, but you know in Teesside University we've got a tremendously successful university as far as tech is concerned, uh, but we we are losing those young people who are coming through the system because they go off to the cities, uh, they go abroad in order to work, and what we've got to be able to do is uh, encourage them to stay here to develop their businesses here, and then employ the next range of students who are actually coming out to 
university. And, you know, I would just urge companies to think very much about how can they work more closely uh, with the uh, with the universities, making them aware of the the uh, the jobs within tech that are available coming up, what their plans are for two, three, four, five years time so that the university can gear up, uh, you know, to provide the right skill set uh, for the young people who are coming through so that they can come through and go straight into those jobs of the future. Yeah, I, I think you and I, you know, will always agree on this and many others. And I think what we've also noticed is that it, it takes that place based. And I really mean in the terms of the actual physicality of a place, because sometimes what's what is part of the issue is not just that the, the businesses aren't there. It's all those other facilities. You mentioned childcare, the right kind of nurseries, the right kind of other social attractions, the right kind of look and feel to an area, an area that feels like I want to be here instead of the intellectual capital, especially, you know, whether it's young people or it's people who are reskilling, thinking, well, I've got some skills. Now I'll move somewhere where I want to live. You know, we we, we really want to work on places to develop. I think we, we've already done some work with NSNI um, and uh, the Blackpool team, Blackpool Pride of Place in terms of they they established um, a digital vision for 2030 in Blackpool. Uh, and we supported that as another anchor employer in that region. And that helped unlock some of the funding from levelling up to support their vision. And I think that that's something we're, we're really key. We saw that work. We thought if it can work there, can that work in other environments? Because part of the challenge here, isn't it, Alex, that there's a large amount of money that gets associated with big programs like leveling up but then it's the challenge of how do you actually unlock it how do you get that localized movement uh group of organizations that can uh, on the ground say this is our plan and this is what we'll intend to do with that money and then unlock that funding so we're keen to help support that happen and i think you're you're as the you know a local parliamentarian um your questions about what we can do as businesses, but I think your support in bringing local organisations together, I think, is critical. Well, I've always seen that as part of my part of my role. Excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, and uh, you know the, the fact that you came to Stockton, uh, you know that that recognition is a place where you know things can happen is very very important to me. Uh, I mean, I was in a I was in a discussion earlier today uh, with our um, department uh, for industry, and uh, they were talking about us doing a, a workshop uh, in our area or for exports, and that could be anything from you know uh, manufactured uh, uh, you know chemicals all the way through to the latest uh, technical services uh, from from the world of IT, and uh, you know I want businesses to to have that opportunity sometimes to to create those business to business relationships, uh, which actually you know help both businesses grow. And for me, uh, you know, the more that I can do with that and the more that I can work with organisations like yours to do that, the better it is for my community. And you talked about, um, you know, I, I talked about young people first and foremost, but you were right to talk about, uh, you know, reskilling. There are lots of people who are coming out of industries. Some of them have um, very different skill base, but because of the roles that they've had, they can quickly convert. Uh, you know, into tech, into tech roles. And I think we need to do so much more in order to encourage people who might be in their 40s, their 50s, that they, you know, it's not too late for them to be, you know, a person working in, in the new technology world in the future. And, uh, you know, I'd hope to encourage that as well. 
You're so right, because sometimes actually we from a tech perspective, and we hear this quite a lot, can focus in on it being a pure technology conversation. Have you know the, the skill side and the tech industry and what it's trying to do. But what we also see are that the barriers can be non-tech related. So we, we know, for example, for women with young children, you know, that that either that return to work or that coming back with new skills, or if it's some people who haven't got access to the right kind of digital capability, be that broadband, be that affordability of it, or if it is really coming down to uh, uh, enabling them to have the right kind of courses that are available. Um, and across the gambit of whether it's uh, apprentices, even internships and various other routes into those environments. So there's a whole gambit of different potential barriers, if we put it that way, yeah. um, that are not really purely technology related, but things that we probably all need to look at, um, as well as, as I say, you know, the quality of the local environment and investment that comes into the local environment that uplifts an area. So I think, you know, that that 360 degree approach to a vision is something that that maybe even that meeting, as you said, with the importers and exports coming in, that that's all part of it, isn't it? That's all part of the conversation. And I think we, we always say that if there's a huge amount of potential, yes, it can be challenging to unlock, but if you do get it to unlock, you can see it really rapidly change. Uh, and local leadership is critical in that. Yeah, it's local leadership is important, but it's also uh, defining, you know, exactly what needs to be done. We know the we know the wonderful new uh, industries that we would have, uh, whether that's uh, you know from gaming through to engineering. We know there's a huge breadth of work to be done. But you're right; we need to be able to give people the opportunity to develop the skills. And and young women and maybe young mothers are an important group of people who probably have tremendous skills, uh, but aren't being they aren't exploiting them and they don't know quite how to do that and so I think we need to look at how can we help them to do that is it a case of child care is it a case of a mix and match in terms of working hours so they might it might suit them to work on a Sunday afternoon uh, it might suit them uh, to work uh, late on a Monday uh, and so we've got to look at how do we ensure that the vision that we have for the good jobs results in jobs that can be flexible enough in order to match with our community and our community has changed a lot in recent years the, the pandemic uh, played a major role in that and um, you know and people change work patterns and whilst I am one for having my team around me in the office um, you know I understand the benefits of home working and uh, you know all the advantages that uh, that sort of thing can bring. I'm really glad you said that and I'm really glad you also mentioned community because you know we do and I've spoken a lot over the years about what I call a digital society uh, and some people maybe take that the wrong way because I, I don't mean a digital society where everything is just technology. I mean a digital society where everyone has a stake in the technology that's evolving around us, not just as users, but as designers, developers, owners, people who benefit from what's happening in the ecosystem from a business environment as much as from a consumer and user environment. So uh, I think it, that does come from community because communities then feed off that. Uh, and we have to make sure that it it's kind of a leveling up, but it's that we take people with us as these digital accelerations occur. Um, and I think that's critical, but it only works if everyone feels like they can access it, if they can get 
into it and be part of it. Yeah, if they want, if they they want, they want to stake in it. I mean, part of our conversation in Stockton was uh, about uh, how much use people are uh, making of uh, you know digital work. I know you said it's about ownership and development and everything else, but even you look at the you know the first line, if you like, is you know do people use it? Do they use it for their shopping? Do they use it to for their uh, for their evening uh, meals? Do they book their theatre tickets there? And and having people become more tech aware. Aware and having be and being more tech aware, I think uh, they develop their own skills and then potentially uh, move on to uh, you know the development side and having a having a greater stake in it. But I mean we're quite fortunate on T side in that you know we have good uh, broadband speeds. Uh, generally speaking, some people uh, lose out on the fringes, but generally speaking, you know we have quality broadband. But there can also be for some of our communities a barrier in the cost to that. And as part of any, um, you know, digital plan for the future, I think we've got to say, well, how do we drive down the costs uh, to ensure that the people who want to be involved can be involved? Because, you know, it's not good saying, well, we got all these wonderful tech jobs if, if people don't have access to broadband at home. No, I think you're quite right. And it was a critical part of our conversation uh, the other week. And I think, look, we, we're really delighted that you were part of this round table that kicked things off where with tech uk um, and obviously this will be driven locally looking to help support how we can move this forward we're going to be sending you something so that you you, you can utilize that as well in your debates and in raising the issues in parliament um so thank you for that um i i just want to before we end this chat ask you some questions about yourself because we talked about access to technology and and what people do and I do this with all of my guests so this is not picking on you at all Alex. <laughs> um, this is uh, the first question is in this world where we are now able to consume media from all different kinds of formats and platforms gone is the day when you know we picked up the newspaper at the news agent on the way in to the office or you know before we got on the train What's your preferred um, channel or multiple channels of digesting media nowadays? What do you read, look at, etc.? Well, my, my love still is the six o'clock news on the BBC, uh, the ten o'clock news on ITV. That's that, that, that's still my that's still my go-to place. Uh, but you know, I, I spend a lot of time reading a BBC website, ITV website, um, and then of course following following social media and some of the newspapers as well. You know, online it seems to be the easy place to go. You can pick your subject and Google it and uh, get information across the piece. So I very much that's very much the my go-to place for news. Um, as far as uh, fun is concerned, well, I I, uh, I would love to be able to catch up with my nine-year-old grandson uh, with these various games and things. And when he tells me, "Granddad, do it like this. It's easy." Sadly, Grandad doesn't find it so easy uh, when uh, when we're playing some of these games, but uh, it doesn't make it any less fun. Fantastic. And I love that, that, you know, and, you know, I put my hands up as well. Flagship News at 10. I've got to watch it. You know, uh, it's, it's a, still a fantastic medium for us to find out exactly what's going on. And then my very last question is, is and this is about you, you touched on it there with your grandson sort of probably uh, adopting new technology. Um, where would you place yourself then? And we might have had a bit of an insight there 
in terms of if you were from a scale of one to 10 and 10 being a total digital nerd, any of the latest gadget gizmos, you're out there in the queue getting it before it's, you know, just as it comes out or a one being you wait till, you know, right till the end till you're forced kicking and screaming to adopt it. Where do you place yourself on one to 10 between a digital phobe and a digital nerd? Well, I think on the basis that I, I can get through quite a bit of digital stuff, I, I'd probably put myself a four. I think my grandson would probably say two. Okay, well, I'd, I'd put, put you a little bit higher because I know you're still utilising most things. But okay, that's that's uh, you're downplaying your adoption of technology. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think even your grandson might have given you a couple extra points there. Alex Cunningham, MP. Thank you so much for your time today um, and we look forward to talking to you more about Stockton in the future. A pleasure. Thank you very much. To learn more about the podcast or suggest topics or guests for future episodes, please contact us at digitalsociety at atos.net or visit the Atos website.